the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. Impulsive behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It is so good to be with you. God is so good. We are so excited here at Recovery Radio Houston. We are a program that is bringing hope through through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, across this state and across this nation. So I've got a friend of the program here with me today, a wonderful guest, because we like to bring people who are overcomers and who have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of of their testimony. But let me share with you a few things that I've been thinking about that God put on my heart uh, first. Um, Let's go into prayer. Father God, we just are so thankful today. We have such gratitude in our hearts. You are still in the miracle business, and we are just so grateful to work in your kingdom. We thank you for everything you've done in our lives. And Father, we just ask that anyone that's under the bondage of addiction or or anything else, that that they find a Bible-based church, a Bible-based, faith-based program where they can be set free. Just lead them, Father, and uh, we just love you for your grace, your forgiveness, and your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right. I um, I want to share with you, you may be listening and you may say, well, I'm, I'm, I've never been addicted to alcohol and drugs. You know, I don't have a problem with that. But uh, a couple points, uh, before, you, before you say it's not my problem, between 2009 and 2019, we had a 52% increase in deaths due to drugs, alcohol, and suicide. In 2019, 154,000 Americans died. We've had a pandemic for centuries related to addiction. 2020 is even worse. We don't have all the statistics yet, but we saw a 30% increase in drug overdoses in the pandemic and with people quarantined and locked down from 74,000 people to 94,000 people. 30,000 Americans currently suffer under the bondage of addiction and, and need rehab. Uh, alcohol alone, a new study came out, is the cause, and I think this is way understated, but of 740,000 new cases of diagnosis of cancer worldwide last year, breast cancer, liver cancer, rectum cancer, colon cancer, larynx cancer. So you may not be under the bondage of addiction, but you know somebody that is. And this is a problem for all of America. You look at the problem we have down at our border. I've got a good friend who's a, a uh, was president of the, a Laredo College system down there, and he sent me a video 
where the cartels were having a war. You could hear machine gun fire. Duh, 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 duh. And we've got all these people that are trying to escape all this violence down there. We've got border problems. No matter which side of the equation you're on there, you know, we've, we've got a problem because of Americans' demand for drugs. And so this is affecting, it's affecting our budgets, it's affecting our productivity, it's affecting our businesses, it's affecting our families, it's affecting our lives. So we are here at Recovery Radio Houston because we've been delivered from these problems. And we want to shout from the mountaintops that there's a vaccine for this pandemic and his name is Jesus Christ. And we, we want to take this message of hope across this community. And it's, well, I don't care what it is. If it's alcohol or drugs, it's smoking, it's food, it's pornography, it's sex, it's, it's whatever it is that's got you under bondage, there's an answer. And the Bible is a book about recovery. And we've experienced that. And I've got a guest here today. And uh, good afternoon, Mr. Bill Glazer. It's, he's a good friend of mine, and it's so good to see you. Thanks, Pastor John. It's good to be here. Well, Bill, um, you know, we, we, I want everybody to know that, that you're an overcomer and uh, have, are leading a free life now and a very successful life. But we're gonna, I'm going to interview you, and you know, I want people to know that no matter where they are, no matter what they've been, God's got an answer for them. And so we're going to go through a little bit of your history, and then we'll get to the good stuff at the end. So. Amen. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up, Bill? I uh, grew up in Cypress, Texas. Uh, spent a couple of years in Baton Rouge at Jimmy Swaggart's church. Okay. Uh, spent three years in Glendale, Arizona, and then came on back to Cypress to finish high school and uh, went to a couple of different colleges in Texas. Um, but I, I started. Uh, do you want me to start here? Sure. So you, you don't know you have a problem until you've hit the wall right yeah so i just partied really well starting in high school uh couldn't finish college because i drank too much all i did was party uh what, when did you have your first drink we always ask our guests you know, i think at 14 or 15 i mean a serious and i and I, you and i visited about this before right. i think the the average age is 14 yeah. that's when many of us the peer pressure whatever the you know the excitement of it uh, the the way the media glamorizes you know drinking and partying you know it gets to us about that age some sometime in high school usually so 14 15 for you right okay. when you start driving when you're not under your parents thumb yeah. i think that's when it it really starts well when i grew up the the legal age was 18 too so you know it was pretty easy for us to get it now because i grew up in texas too so, right yeah so okay so when did when did you really start regularly drinking um, probably when I was a deputy sheriff for Harris County in the, in the early nineties and it was, uh, wasn't every day, but I would go on a three day bender when I wasn't on duty. Right. Uh, and you know, if you got kids, that's an early sign is, is when, when they drink to, you know, I, you know, I don't preach against somebody that doesn't have an addiction problem, having an occasional glass of wine, you know, with dinner. I mean, sure. there's nothing wrong with that. But I have found that most people who end up with addiction tendencies, when they get their first t uh, taste of it, they tend to drink to excess pretty early on. Did, did you drink? To, I did. Uh, did you drink uh, to excess early it, on? It was a, a starter pistol every time. Yeah. And, and you drank until you couldn't walk. Yeah, there you go. There so you go. We weren't normal. That's right. Normal That's right. people can have one or two and stop. Right, right. And be happy. Yeah. I was never happy until I couldn't walk. One's too many, a thousand's not enough. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, didn't finish college because because you were partying too much. Couldn't. Couldn't. Yeah. It was impossible. Uh, parents so, parents cut it out. 
That's fine. Okay. What did you do after that? That's when I went to the police academy. Sold my truck and went to the police academy. Okay. So, how long were you with the police? Thank you for your service, by the Thank way. You. How long were you with uh, the police? Three years full time. Uh, then I went to work for you know uh, the family business after that. Okay, and um, so you know a lot of people have this illusion, um, and there's some truth to it for a period of time that people are functional drinkers, functional addicts, functional alcoholics. Um, did you, and I experienced that for many, many years. Is that how you got through with the family business? You're writing my book, uh, (laughs) you know, so it's, you don't really drink through the week. If there was a function and there was alcohol, you drank. Oh yeah. Um, but usually Thursday evening, yeah, you went to work with a severe hangover Friday and you, you jumped back on the wagon Friday afternoon and, and went through Sunday. I had a job after my senior year in high school where I was a, um, uh, I worked in a warehouse in a furniture store and moved furniture around, delivered furniture, but, you know, pretty good job to stay in shape and everything. And uh, my girlfriend's father owned the furniture store. So, um, and I actually, in the warehouse, I carved out a little cubby hole from the furniture for the days, the Fridays when I would show up at work and I would be so hungover, I just couldn't hardly function. And I would sneak back there and follow, you know, so we, you know, there are signs early on is my point that, that this, this is, could definitely be a problem. Right. And nobody saw it. It just, Billy likes to have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, I thought, well, and you think, well, my friends are doing it, although they're not quite doing it the same way, yeah. you know. You know, we led the we led the charge. Yeah, we did every life, time. Life of the party, you yeah. Know? So, and and there were a few of my classmates, my friends back at that time that that stayed up with me, and they ended up the same place I did. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah amen. So okay, so family business. Um, when did you start noticing? When did it become somewhat apparent to you? Hey, maybe I'm doing this a little bit too much. Uh. It never was t- because I was taught if you work hard, you can play hard. Oh yeah, another myth. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a lie. Um, so we worked super hard and we played even harder. Um, I didn't really start seeing I had a problem till super blessed, uh, able to retire at a, an early age. Probably shouldn't have retired, but I did. Uh oh, yeah. should have went and got a job, but I had an excuse to go drink every day, so I took it. Played golf, drank. I probably the amount of money that was spent was. That's when I knew I had a problem. Okay. When I started looking at my bank account, and and what I spent per day on alcohol. What were you spending? <laughs> probably an average of five hundred dollars a day. Wow. Were you buying drinks for friends and, and occasionally? Stuff? Yeah. Uh, I tip good. You're right. I, I buy maybe around a oh, beer. Oh, you're, you're, you're life of the party. I, I was. Yeah. I remember picking up big dinners for yeah, you know, a bunch sure. of people, stuff like that. You know, making stupid decisions. Right. And, just, you know, it's just crazy. $1,000 dinners. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Um, but then you, you start uh, that you never can fill that hole. Oh, that's so true. That the hole just never, ever goes away. And finally, it, it became a physical addiction. You know, it was always mental. Right. Okay. Uh, then it became a physical where the last two years before I went to rehab, I had to have a drink when I got up in the morning. Wow. What time would you start drinking typically? I probably got up at 7. 
Wow. I was at the, I was on the golf course at 9 a.m. Wow. And, and I never I never hid my drinking. Okay, I drank in public. I I would call that a in my book that's a I was fortunate not to hide my drinking. Yeah, I didn't care. I, I, uh, um, people because I was in the the position that I was in, I was blessed to to have the things I had. I didn't have to hide my drinking. Yeah. So um, it was, but when you're when you start seeing your family not come, you know, when you have such a great family unit. And you start seeing family members not come over, friends not come over, people not talk to you. That was one of the saddest parts of my addictive history is that, you know, I grew up a gregarious person and and lots of friends and, and, you know, good family support and everything. And, you know, part of it was them and part of it was me just withdrawing from those relationships or them not having any wanting to have anything to do with me and that is once such a blessing god is so good of recovery is just being present i can go home now and i'm free i can go see my family and i'm there i'm present and you know i'm in their lives and they're in my life and you know they say we've got the old john back i mean it's just it's and, it's just such a miracle and you want to go home oh yeah exactly I, that's you know, yeah. that 500 a day bar tab <laughs> That was every bar that I could go to because I didn't want to go home. Oh, I had an ex-law partner, and we just, uh, you know, we we split off from another firm, and and we we intentionally chose our office close to one of our favorite bars, you know, and and we were, you know, we stayed out till, um, you know, till they ran us out of the bar, and then sometimes we'd find some alcohol somewhere and go back to the office and drink. Yeah, we just didn't go home. I mean, it's if folks, it is it is destructive beyond your ability, and you know. You've got to realize if you've got friends, family members, kids, parents, whatever, it takes over. It's not. It's not. It's not them anymore. It's they're under. The Bible tells us that we're a slave to whatever we obey, and and that this that we're when we're a slave to sin, it leads to destruction. It leads to death. And and there's nothing more true than that. The Bible is everything in the Bible is true, by the way, and it's so wise. So, Pastor, I want to share this with you. So, grew up Catholic was baptized by John Osteen when I was 13. Amen. Uh, went to non-denominational after that. Um, but when I got into college, I decided that God was man-made. Okay. Created to control man. Okay. So I had a good run, a 30-year run, that I, was, I wasn't an atheist. I was agnostic. Okay. Um, so... Artificial rules and had been set exactly. up is what you thought, yeah. But when you, when your best friend asks you, are you ready to take care of this? And you know, when you've turned away from God all those years, wow, and you can feel something turn your shoulders and shake your head yes, and move your vocal cords to say yes, wow, and you're powerless to do anything, and you just go, you go to rehab. And you you do your three days of detox, and you you see God. You you I saw the light of God in rehab. He wow. washed over my body. 
I was Amen. cleansed of, of my, my, my uh, alcoholism. The power of the Holy Spirit. You were Amen. delivered, my friend. I was. You were delivered. I was. And I've been delivered, and it is, it is such a wonderful thing. And the sun sets free, it's free indeed. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me. What you said earlier about being empty, I chased things, whether it was money, whether it was things of the flesh, whether it was alcohol, whatever it was, I chased things all my life, and I never got fulfilled. Right. I mean, I always, you know, I had some fun. I mean, I'm, you know, oh, obviously right. we do it because we had some fun, but it wasn't really fulfilled. Fulfilling. It, it never. I never got fulfilled until I got Jesus Christ in my heart, truly surrendered to Him, accepted Him as my Lord and Savior, and everything in life changed. It's so wonderful, you know. Jesus says, "If you love me, you will obey my commands," and He says that because He knows what's good for us. It's not that He's the traffic cop behind yeah. with a radar gun wanting to punish us. It's because He knows what's good for us. He knows that what, how we're going to live a, the life of abundancy that he wants for us. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. And and no truer words. I mean, he is so good. He is so good. So you had, we, you and I talked about this. We mapped it up. You had a 34-year career of drinking. I did. And you whipped it. And those, you think you you were delivered. You know you were delivered in those first three days. <laughs> the, the third day of rehab. The, the love and the grace of uh, Lord Jesus Christ came down and, and washed me clean. Amen. And I, we talked about it today. Yeah. If I think, you know, you, you mow the yard. You're, I, I, we uh, celebrated our 20th anniversary uh, two weeks ago. Praise God. Oh, man, it'd be great to have a glass of wine with this expensive piece of meat that we're eating at this restaurant. And you cringe at the thought of... This is what goes through my head. If I have one drink of wine, that's going to lead to another glass of wine, to a bottle of vodka. Oh yeah. And how? What's going to happen after that? My family? How am I going to feel? It just. God has. That's the loop that God put into my brain. Satan cannot talk to me about. You know they they don't like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not good enough. That was my problem. I was never good enough. Right, right. So uh, he, I, I don't hear that anymore. That voice is gone. It's gone. Praise God. Praise God. You know what God did for me? God uses everything when you say that because my mom died of liver failure. And, um, you know, she uh, had some really bad. She got the flu one time. And I called her up and I said, how are you, Mom? She says, well, I'm feeling a little better. But your uncle's on the roof fixing the roof. Well, it was August. And I thought, really? And then she said, yeah, and your dad's on his way over here. And I knew my dad was in Saudi Arabia. So I went over there. She was having the DTs. She, uh, when I got there, she was trying to, my parents are divorced. She was trying to talk to her boyfriend in the light bulb. That's how bad it was. And she tried to climb out her window. So I called the, the doctor and I said, um, what do I do? And he said, well, you're going to have to give her a shot of alcohol every four hours until we figure out, you know, how to treat this. And so um, you know, I did and she stabilized and it scared her so bad. She went into rehab and she got sober for two years. And, uh, if you're listening out there, she went to new Orleans on a business trip and that little voice said, well, everybody else having a drink, you can have one. We never got her sober for more than 90 days after that eight different rehabs, you know? Oh. And so that loop was in installed to me. So when I went to rehab, I knew this is it. I, I, and yeah, and I, you know, got baptized and accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. And I was like you, I believed in God, maybe went to 
uh, church on Christmas and Easter, but, you know, I didn't really have a relationship. Jesus doesn't want perfect people. He wants a relationship with people. Amen. And, and uh, you know, I didn't have that relationship, and now I have that relationship, and it's 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 just incredible. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. So you went to rehab, and that, that was good. I mean, you know, you and I are on the same page. We believe that the power of Jesus Christ is what delivers us. Amen. And, and that's when you get the supernatural. But rehab's good. So where, where, where'd you go, if you don't mind? Uh, Serenity View up in Princeton, Texas. Okay. Uh, so um, if you go to Dallas, or excuse me, McKinney, and you turn east, it's, it's right over there. And uh, I'll tell you that when I was in rehab, I was there to win. Amen. Because I don't do anything, I win. Okay. Okay. Good for you. So, but Satan's in my ear. This place is a dump. You're too good to be here. Uh, Look at the, you're you're living with somebody in your room. You're paying all this money out of your own pocket. Why are you? It, it, it just goes on and on. But I'm just covered with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thank God he protected you. You know, But rehab's good because people need a place. Some people, uh, you know, my father-in-law drank for 40 years. Uh, they told him he was going to die if he drank anymore. He got on his knees. He prayed and delivered right there. Not, you know, God will do it. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen with heroin. But for most people, rehab's a good place. you got to go. you got to get away from people, places, and things. And you gotta, you gotta you clear your mind out and really work on it. But you gotta want it. You know, the, we say, uh, "Without God, I can't." But without me, God won't. That's right. And let me back up about rehab. That that came out a little harsh, but that's just how the devil was attacking me. Uh, rehab is super important because you have a team of. In, in my case, uh, at Serenity View, they they were all faith based te- counselors. I believe. I encourage people to go to find one that incorporates faith. And, uh, they pushed me particularly to chapel on Wednesday night, and I went to every kind of church service they had. Same here, bro. Um, <laughs> the food was good. They treated me right. I had to go on a special diet because I got gout. Because, you know, your body goes into shock. Yeah. So you, you, I gained weight. Yeah. I, I hear you. I dropped. I, <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I, I lost 15 pounds in rehab, which is unheard of. Yeah, I gained 15. So, right. So, yeah, so, I got uh, yours. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the freshman rehab 15. Yeah, so, so uh, but, you know, it's clean. Uh, the exercise program's good. Yeah. yeah. They keep you busy. That's critical. And, and that, passes. Yeah. Once yeah. you get, once you get out, you have to stay busy. Let me put a plug in and what you said about people, uh, you know, the open door mission here, it, by the way, if you need help or you've got somebody that needs help, I'll be happy to, to help you. I know free faith-based resources for both men and women. You, you don't have to have money. We can get you in a good program that can free you. You know, people say, I can't take 30 days to go to rehab. My friend here, Bill Glazer, he's got the rest of his life because he devoted those 30 days. It changes your life if you really take it it seriously. So the Open Door Mission is a wonderful place. You can call me at 832-475-8642, 832-475-8642, or text me, and that's what I do. I'll be happy to help you. Or you can email me at Pastor John, that's J-O-N, at NCC Greater Heights, Pastor John at NCC Greater Heights dot org, and uh, I'll help you or your son or your brother, or your sister, or your father, whoever needs it, and and we'll we'll show them about the transformative power of Christ. Bill, we're going to have to do this again. This twenty five minutes goes too fast. Quick, 
Yeah, it does. I, I just I'm going to summarize here. Bill is now got an incredibly successful business. He's not on here to advertise his business, but I want people to know that Jesus can transform lives. He's setting national records with sales, and uh, he's he's just going gangbusters. But more importantly than that, I can just tell by talking to him, and he's my, my good friend, that he's that he's got a, a spiritual awakening in his life. He's got a joy in his life. His re- family relationships have been restored. Bill, uh, we got 30 seconds. Is there anything else you want to add? Well, you know, don't give up. Amen. Don't stop stopping. Get up and brush yourself off and do it again. People love you. Don't forget that. And Jesus loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Yeah. Now, I want to invite people also out to our Friday night ministry, Break Every Chain Ministries, 901 Wilson Road. We meet at 7 o'clock. We have praise and worship. We have a biblical message. My friend Tony's going to be uh, speaking this this Friday. And then we break into men's and women's groups, and we have fellowship. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. 901 uh, Wilson Road at 7 p.m. every Friday at 7 p.m. in Humble, Texas. Bill told me something today that is so profound. Addiction is giving up everything for one thing. Addiction is giving up everything for one thing. That is so true. Recovery is giving up one thing for everything. Recovery is giving up one thing for everything. That is so awesome. Also want to invite people to our church plant. New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, at uh, 240 West 18th Street in 77008. We are a non-denominational, Bible-based recovery church because everybody is recovering from something, and the Bible is a book about recovery. Come join us. We worship Sunday nights in the Heights at 6 p.m. We'd love to meet you. Uh, You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be loved on, and uh, you're going to hear the Word of God if you come to our church. Hey, we've had a wonderful time. We're going to get Bill back on very soon. Uh, We love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, and Recovery Radio Houston. But more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Amen.